Welcome to The Problem, a Lockwood & Co. podcast. I'm Caitlin. I'm Alan. And this week we are talking about episode three, Doubt Thou the Stars, uh, directed by William McGregor and written by Ed Heim. Yep, so McGregor comes back. Heim is going to write three episodes of the show total. So this is his first, first go. Okay. And this one does wrap up the Screaming Staircase arc. Yeah, last time I was like, oh, it's going to be four episodes. And no. you were like, no, it's three. And I was like, oh, it's so sad that Caitlin is wrong and doesn't remember <laughs> how the show works. And then I was like, oh, shit, she was bang on correct. Yep. That was totally wrong. While watching the show, I did. There was one point where I thought it was four and four. But like, then episodes just keep ending in the second arc. And you're like, oh, no. Another episode, I guess that's three episodes, like they're in their fancy party clothes for like three episodes, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's the right choice, though, because this, I think this sequence, and it pretty much follows the book, it it gets into the haunted house, mm -hmm. and the book like spends a lot of time there, like playing with the tone and stuff that the show just doesn't do, it just gets down to business Yeah, and gets it over with. I think because of the way... Because of a couple of small differences, the book had to work harder to make Fairfax look not immediately guilty. Yeah, there's good changes here, too, yeah. that uh, that we'll talk about around Fairfax, or I think they're good changes. Um, I think they simplify everything... things. Yeah, it makes more sense, I yeah. think. Uh, shall we jump in? Yeah. We open on the ring, which... I feel like we mentioned that they went with a ring instead of a necklace. And then we just kind of said, we'll talk about that more later. But I don't think we ever did. Yeah, I, I plan to talk this time about it because of the inscription, right? Okay. Because like, it's like weird, right? So in the book, it's a locket instead of a ring, mm -hmm. uh, which would have been really difficult if you think about it logistically to like pull that off of the corpse. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, could have been messy. So probably a ring was a good choice for that reason. But uh, I, there is like an inscription inside of the locket. They figure out how to open it. And it has this same uh, quote from Hamlet in it. And I think all of that works a little bit better for a locket than to have this like weird, almost serial number, alphanumeric code inside of a ring. I like that it's like a small detail. So it's like right up George's alley. Right. To notice this, but it's weird, I think, to put a tiny inscription like that on a ring. It's just not plausible to me the way that it would be for a locket. I feel like in movies and, and shows, there's always an inscription inside of a ring. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Like, I don't know that I've seen one in real life, but mm -hmm. shows and movies, yeah, why not? All the time. Including some yeah. Shakespeare movies, actually. So it all kind of yeah. fits. One um, ring to rule them all. There, um, <laughs> so, yeah, so this thing is here as, like, it's the big clue in the book to, you know, that, like, cracks the case where they figure out that Lockwood, like, puts all the pieces together, basically. But it leads them on a little bit of the wrong trail at first, uh, which is all fine. I think it's a good idea to not have it be a necklace because we're going to get a necklace later that's, like, significant, and this is not, like, foreshadowing that or confusing the issue it's also weird to have a necklace that's inside of another necklace i find that awkward in the book because she like puts it in the silver yeah. glass thing i think that would have looked bulky and weird also like yeah putting it's the weird ring to imagine in a locket 
makes sense. It's, it's much more elegant. Yeah. It's funny that you should mention that there's other necklaces because a, we're going to talk about a different necklace this episode that you probably didn't even like, didn't even ping on your radar Oh. and be in the books. There is a second necklace later on. Yeah. That is also important. <laughs> and it's like, maybe, <laughs> maybe Jonathan Stroud just can't wrap his head around different <laughs> jewelry. There's more jewelry out he's, there. He's only got necklaces. <laughs> Yeah, it's a powerful symbol. I I like that they made it a ring. Uh, I think that's all around better. The inscription is weird, but whatever. Like you said, it's like it's not unheard of. Yeah. The inscription is where the episode gets its name, though. Yes, um, from some good old Shakespeare. Yeah. Hamlet again, coming back to that Ophelia thing from the previous episode. Hamlet tells her, like, I love you, and it's as true as the stars themselves. That's why I abandoned you and told everyone you're crazy. Because I love you. Yeah, it's such a weird... Like, Shakespeare has some real romantic lines, and I guess the line itself is pretty good. But Hamlet is, like, not... <laughs> not no, the... he's a bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> At least to Ophelia. I, I enjoy Hamlet the play. But it's not one that I would think about in the same breath as romance. But I guess if you're acting in it, it's different. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think of Hamlet and Ophelia as one of the great romances either. No, me neither. It's got ghosts in it, though, so it's relevant. I guess that's... I mean, I feel like other Shakespeare's have ghosts in them. Mm. I could be wrong. I don't know. But then, you're the theater major. You, I, you yeah. didn't tell me there was going to be a pop quiz. I don't know. Look... <laughs> I, yes, I took a lot of theater classes and my crowning achievement was getting a very good mark on an essay that I wrote about a play I didn't read. Nice. <laughs> so, you That's know. That's the humanities. Be smart, not, no, wait, I don't even know how that goes. Oh, work smarter, not harder or whatever. That's what I'm trying there to say. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't even come up with it. God. Anyways, um... They've gotten even more rules from DeepRack because the best thing to do when giving someone an impossible fine is to make it more difficult for them to get that fine. Yeah, Lockwood calls it a chokehold. Yeah. They have to have an adult as part of the team. <laughs> these, the worst. You know, eventually, especially in the books, I do like Barnes, but these first couple episodes are making it difficult. I like how they up the pressure here. I don't think this was in the book. I don't remember it. I don't think so either. No. Yeah. It makes it even worse. Yeah. Um, it makes deep wreck even worse. Yeah. <laughs> They're just like, you can't run your business the way that you run it. It's a really weird, like changing of the rules. It doesn't even really make sense uh, for like, <laughs> because the weird laws that are in place where children have to be allowed to like do this work. Lockwood has like existed in a weird loophole where it's like we have an agency without any adults because like kids are allowed to do this work. Yeah. And and so like and finally Deeprac is like, no, you just can't do that. And like, why? And it's like, because we said so. It's the most <laughs> parent bullshit. You know what? Yes. As soon as you said because we said so, I'm like, yes, yeah, that's why I hate it. That's yeah. why I hate it. <sighs> But again, I feel like we have to come around on Barnes eventually. Well, I guess we don't have to. The mm. show could decide that Barnes is not becoming fun Uncle Barnes the way that he kind of <laughs> does in the books. Kind of. He uh, has a, a small moment at the end of this episode. He does. He does. And like I've said, 
I do genuinely think, for the most part, his heart is in the right place. He's just in the system. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's very caught by, I've followed the rules and the rules worked for me. Yeah. Kind of mentality. Um, so then after the opening credits, we get Fairfax Iron to see a man about a ghost. Yeah. I like that line. And I really like the way that they changed this from the book. So like Fairfax shows up at their house yeah. in the book and uh, and gives them the whole pitch. And in this, it's more like he put out a honeypot yeah. to say, like, whoever wants to come interview for this job, go ahead and do it. And then he gets to pick. And it's all just much more plausible. He knows how desperate Lockwood is because of the fine. It's really smart, I think. Yes. It, in the book, it is very much like, why would he show up unless he specifically wanted it to be them? Yeah. It's very suspicious. Yeah. he He's also much older in the book. Mm-hmm. Which I think is interesting. In my head, he's literally the Monopoly man, just like a yep. cartoon character. Yeah, I can see that. Yep. Or maybe he's not older, but he's like frail or... Yeah, he's not... Uh, this guy's kind of with it. He's... Yeah. He's still strong, it feels like. But before that... Uh, oh, oh, I forget. I only wrote down half the line because I'm dumb. But George has that great line in the elevator where he's like, we're going to go and see them about work we can't legally do. <laughs> It's like, George, this is why I don't tell you things. <laughs> this negativity. The whole elevator scene is pretty good. Oh, it's so good, yeah. That one thing, I think my favorite thing about this episode is how it sort of culminates from the last two episodes because now they're a team. You know, we've seen the, the journey to them becoming a team. And now, juxtaposed with episode one, we get to see them go on a job together, all on the same page. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I like that a lot. And we get the, yeah, they're like, that's a good point because they're like in this room together, like doing the interview. Yeah. Lockwood tells them don't say anything. And like immediately when they're in there, like Lucy's like, isn't it weird how rich he got off of all of the like terrible situation of millions of people dying and whatever. Mm -hmm. And he's like, well, I am owed something for being a patriot or whatever dumb shit he says so that like they're not following <laughs> like lockwood is not the one leading the charge george continues to say things that he shouldn't say it's really good yep although lucy was who stuck her foot in her mouth there it was good and also when it's, he says that it's just very clearly i am capitalism you know yeah. like <laughs> oh, it's, it's good uh i do also love that everyone is very clearly in their colors here today they're all Blue, black, and mm. orange. Mm -hmm. And uh, Lucy, especially, I think this is the first time we've seen her in an outfit that could have been taken right from the pages of the book. It's great. Mm -hmm. I love it. Not, it's not an, an important detail at all. Like, I don't, I don't really care if their clothes match. Well, Lockwood aside, because uh, he has to be in his suits, right? Yeah, in his long coat. Yeah, but it is nice. It, it, it's, it's fun, you know? It's very cool. I love that they all came with their rapiers as well, yeah. even though it's like daytime and stuff. This is like proper ghost hunting, like this is who we are kind of a thing for an interview. I agree. People have to know that they're agents when they're walking down the roads. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I really love that he basically like lowballs them. Yes. And... Yeah, this is like a classic super rich, like you have no leverage. I'm going to 
he can afford to give them like a million pounds or whatever. Like he could give them any amount of money. And he's like, I will give you the bare minimum for a super dangerous operation. Which is what and a rich person grateful. would do. Yeah. Like rich this people are happens. famously stingy. Yeah. The and, most stingy. Yeah. yeah. And I like, I like this again, much better than the book. Cause in the book, he was just like, yes, take all of the money. I don't care how much money, take the money. And again, mm-hmm. it was immediately suspicious. But this way of him wanting to get the best deal and willing to, and also he does mention wanting to keep it, you know, on the DL as it were, Um, which is not a phrase I've said out loud in a very long time. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I feel so stupid now. Anyways, moving on. (laughs) So it just, it feels like it makes more sense and you don't immediately think, oh, he wants them dead. Or at least I assume you don't. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like it in his story is like more plausible too, uh, where he's like, I'm selling this off and uh, I don't want the buyer to know about it, which is like a shitty thing to do. Uh, yep. And so, like, I believe it about him after he like lowballed them and everything. Can you it's, imagine it just works better. buying a house in this in this uh, world where, you know, ghosts are a thing and after buying it, finding out that a bunch of evil monks killed themselves there? Oh, yeah. It's super haunted. <laughs> You'd be like, damn it. Like, oof. There's got to be some process when you're buying a house to of like having it inspected yeah, by yeah, it's part of the ghost children. The plumbing and electric is working and the ghost. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anybody buried in the walls here? It's literally and and I wanted to talk about this more like it is literally like the first haunted house that we get where there's, you know, a source in the house and she wants to get rid of the house. This is like the same pitch as the first house that they went to. Yeah. Of Like I'm selling it and I need you guys to clear it because I know that it's haunted. So this is the thing that they do. Yeah, that's an mm. interesting. I had never I hadn't put that much of the similarities together. Yeah, I think that's why it's such a good honeypot on his part. Yeah. It's like, and he tells them, like, I talked to other agencies and they said this much. And what's attractive about you to me is that you're cheap. Yeah. Ugh. So it all just seems really plausible as opposed to the book where like he shows up and he's like, I'll give you the money that you need just for showing up. And then you'll get a bonus for clearing the house. And you're like, guys, come on. <laughs> Have two ounces of sense. Like, be suspicious. Yeah. Yeah. Especially since it's literally in the book the day after the home invasion. Yeah. (laughs) That he shows up (laughs) where they didn't find what they were looking for. Right. So, I don't know. The I mean, the I don't want to, you know, I'm not saying the book is bad or anything. I think it's just written at a sophistication level where that whole thing turns out to be a twist. And it would kind of like blow your mind if you're a 10 year old reading it. Yeah. Which is like fair enough, you know, Uh, but I just think this works better. I do think this works better. And I do also feel like I agree that the mystery of it as soon as Fairfax was introduced in the book was obvious, but it still didn't feel, hmm, what's the word I'm looking for? That thing where you talk down to someone. Yeah, it's not condescending. Condescending. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) No, it's, I don't think it's written that way at all. Yeah. I don't want to make it sound that way or, and I don't think it's badly written either. It's just like, I just think this is all around just more realistic. Yeah. And uh, and it's fun. I, I just mean, I have definitely read some books for, you know, 12 year olds that to me as an adult feel very condescending. And mm-hmm. maybe kids don't pick up on that, but I think a lot of kids do. Yeah. So 
And th this one didn't do that, even if I did think it was obvious. Thank you for thinking of the word that was going to piss me off. <laughs> um, also from Fairfax, he mentions evil monks and a screaming staircase and a red room. All red fun room. things. Yeah. Should be fine. Yeah. No problem. I, I do yeah, enjoy go... getting the title of the book dropped, which we get it yeah, a the couple screaming more times. Staircase. So that's fun. It's a, that's a good alliterative title it fits in with that whole period of YA fantasy that's like following in the wake of Harry Potter right where like everything is named after some object that you know sounds magic-y I guess yeah I don't really think of it that way but yeah oh I mean I feel like this is like very influenced by that whole period you like the three kids two boys and a girl and all of that stuff it is extremely difficult to find a different makeup of characters in a YA adventure story. Yeah. Being like the, the two boys and one girl. It's like the archetype. Yeah. Uh, so, and also Fairfax mentions the elite Fitz team that tried to go in. Oh, no, wait. He doesn't mention that. We find that out later. Sorry. We've moved on from Fairfax. Now we're in the kitchen. Now we're back home. Yeah. I also like... You know, I just talked about in the book that Fairfax comes to the house and actually like Barnes comes to the house too mm -hmm. from the previous episode and like tells them that they owe money and stuff with all three of them there. And I like how the show has made a choice to have the home be something different where it's about them and their dynamic, even though we'd like we had all these home invasions in the previous episode. It's uh. It's like their space and they, when they do interviews, they do it like in a separate room than the kitchen. Yeah. And in the book, it's like they're in the kitchen all the time with other people. The kitchen is like a different space that's like about them that I really like yes. that the show like I made agree. that choice. Keeping the kitchen nice and homey. Yeah. And it makes, uh, like in the first episode, Lockwood had that line where he called it the most important room, which could yeah. be cheesy, but then they kind of make that true. For, for them in like a nice sentimental way. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's a real choice. And it's it's really, really good. I love the the way the kitchen is set up and stuff too. They have a lamp on top of the fridge. I was like, oh, that's it's so weird, but it works. Uh that might just anyway. have been like the lighting guy though, wanting to have light come from like if you really pay attention to lighting in shows that have interesting rooms and interesting lighting, you'll find light sources in the weirdest fucking places. Yeah. Because it looks interesting, <laughs> you know? It makes uh, Lockwood look very cool when he's resting against the fridge yeah. with the beer and stuff. Yeah. yeah. So they mentioned the elite, the elite Fitz team that did try to go into Coomkeri Hall previously and that one of the number was never found. Yep. And that George is like, hey, this used to be a literal satanic priory. Yeah. He forgot to mention that to us. And it like it's been torn down and rebuilt. And yeah, all kinds of problems. And Lockwood is just like, well, I guess he got himself a good deal. And at that he says, you know, do you guys have any other ideas for how we could stay afloat? And the answer is no, because capitalism. Because capitalism. Yep. And Deeprac has like forced them into this situation yep. and a lot of all the pressure they put on them makes them feel like they have to do this. Yep. The people who are trying to keep them safe. Quote unquote. Yeah. 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 Who is the real problem here? Barnes, what is, is what the I'm real saying. problem? Capitalism. <laughs> yeah. So and speaking of Barnes, he calls up on the phone while uh, George is stress cleaning. <laughs> 
love this so much. George in his cleaning outfit and Lucy in her towel. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so really good. good. <laughs> Everybody's like trying not to think about the thing that's going to happen. Yeah. Just, just like avoid, avoid, avoid. And there's but Barnes like, calls. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say there's one second on this phone call from Barnes where he does sound genuinely concerned for Lucy. Um, but then he just sort of goes and blames them for burning down the house. And that's why I know they could. <laughs> it's like, OK, <laughs> probably we would have been able to keep him in jail if you hadn't burned the house down. Yeah. Like, great. All right, Barnes. <laughs> yeah, it's it's bad. And he's clearly like calling to scare her into leaving town. <laughs> like, why wouldn't she be able to, like, obviously, I wouldn't want this, but, like, she could still just live at 35 Portland Row and not work. Obviously, mm-hmm. she would be working, you know what I'm saying? But, like, what what does he care so much if she leaves town? Yeah, it's just about breaking up the agency. She's just, like, a tool to him. He doesn't even care about her safety, really. It's terrible. Yeah, it's not good. I cut you off earlier. What were you going to say? No, I think I was going to say the exact thing. Oh, that you said, sorry. So works out uh i love how all that stress like leads to lucy and we didn't mention this earlier but lockwood like takes the ring out of the thing of the examination microscope right, thing, yeah. locks it up says i'm keeping the key no more of this source like we're done with this and then all of this stress leads to lucy going and getting the key and we get like a montage of source stuff and the ring the implication being that she took the ring back. Yeah, I, a, I did write down sneaking about in a towel is certainly a choice, but uh, I guess she felt like she had to do it then. Mm-hmm. And we also <laughs> hear in the distance, Locke would yell out, George, please stop cleaning. Yeah. <laughs> so we know he's distracted yep. so she can sneak into his room. Yeah, that's great. And... With the, the, like, Annabelle flashy things that they do here, I almost feel like maybe Lucy isn't the one making these decisions. Oh. You know, like, she's a little, or maybe it's a bit of both of them, because we don't quite know how how deep that psychic connection goes. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, there's something about the whole situation that is not, it doesn't just feel dangerous to her, but, like, she feels like she needs the ring. And yeah. so she just trusts that feeling, which I think is, like, I keep talking about those feelings and Lucy. I think that's like the really important thing to her is to like follow her intuition and mm-hmm. do what she feels like is inside of her. Because when she didn't do that, that's when Nori got ghost locked and her team got killed and all, all of that stuff. So, yes, right. Because she doesn't even say in that first episode that it, it was just a feeling. Yep. I'm kind of not sad because it, it wouldn't. It, it would interrupt the flow of everything and and that sort of thing. But I did like the bit in the book where Lucy like lets Annabelle the ghost out in an iron circle and shows her the picture that has both Hugo and Fairfax in it. Oh, yeah, that's really good. Yeah. So I, I think they made the right choice because since they already did like a big psychic connection type scene to not, you know, rehash all of that. Uh, mm-hmm. But I just thought that was a good bit in the book. Yeah, there's a I feel like that's probably money, too. Right. There's like things that get cut from the book tend to be like ghosty stuff that would be expensive. And so they there's a lot of like really good choices, I think, especially in this episode around like where they spent money on special effects in the haunted house and stuff. Yes. That really work. It would have been cool to have that scene for sure, but I'm sure it would have been expensive. That and like they cut a lot of the 
like during all this time, the agency was going on small jobs and getting, you know, mm-hmm. small ghosts taken care of. And they cut a lot of that, which I liked for team building, but I also think they got the team building that they needed. So it, it was smart to cut them. For sure. Yeah. And the, those give us like little world building things that they've yes. managed to sprinkle in other places too. So it's a good adaptation of the book overall. Yeah, I think so too. And then we're in the next morning and they took a train to some grass. <laughs> yeah, we get outside lighting in the country and they look really different. <laughs> yeah, they're all like squinting almost. <laughs> it's funny. I love that George is a city boy. He's like, I don't get it. Who softly green, I guess. Uh, that's uh, good stuff. Yeah, it's funny. And then we have a bit of Lockwood like being obsessed with this very successful capitalist. And I think that that is a fun little bit to put in. And also him being a bit of a prude. Uh huh. Yeah. Which I love. <laughs> Lucy like makes fun of him. He's like, you got a real hard on for that guy. Yeah. And he's like, whoa, you don't have to say it that way. <laughs> no. <laughs> Oh, it's so good. He's such a, (laughs) like a little bit of like a teenage boy, a teenage girl, like, "Mm, why? But also just a little bit of him being a bit of a stuck up. It's great. Yeah. I love love his like middle class bourgeois feelings of like being oppressed. Yeah. Like I have a big mortgage, George. I'm practically a surf. Yeah. (laughs) Like, give me a break. I love that the show, because all of that was written just for the show, and I love that they put that in. That was so good. It's excellent. Uh, And then we meet, well, we properly meet Ellie. I do think she was maybe the one serving tea when they were at Fairfax Iron, but you don't get it. That's right. Yeah, she is in the background. She has like a good acting moment there, too, where when she bends over to put the tea tray on there, this is back in the office. Right. She like grunts. Oh, she because does. of her injury. Yeah. yeah, I didn't. I honestly, they did a good job of making her like I didn't even notice it was her until this mm-hmm. watch through. Yeah, I love the. They just trust you. It's good. Yeah, it's good. And I also like uh, the misdirect here with the old war wound and how she talks about Fairfax being a good person to know. And because mm-hmm. I, I, I think I bought that the first time I watched this, even knowing the outcome. Me too. Even knowing who yeah. she was. Yep. You know, that's that's great. It's really good. And it's also like right after Lockwood complains about money problems, they get picked up in the Rolls Royce. Is that Uh, what that is? Yeah. Okay. Which is also in the book. And uh, I love that George makes fun of it, but it's like speaks directly to Lockwood's ambitions and all of that stuff. So it's good. And then they go to a huge mansion in the middle of nowhere, which is properly creepy looking. Yeah. I like it. Or maybe it's just how they filmed it. I don't know. No, mansions, especially in the UK, are creepy, if you ask me. I worked in one for a while. Yeah? Yeah, just after high school. And it wasn't that creepy. Parts of it were. We had this, like, underground storage room where we kept, like, uniform shirts. And it was just, like, cement and shelves. That that was kind of creepy. <laughs> this is the part for the servants, so we don't care how Yeah, exactly. And there was, yeah. like, a back servant stare. Yep. And like a main stair in the front. It was very strange. It wasn't as big as this place, but it wasn't that creepy. There was lots of deer in the field. I don't know. It's nice. We get Lucy hesitating as she enters the house and George giving us the never hesitate on the threshold of a haunted house. And I just. Yeah, this is straight out of the book. Yeah, I love yeah. that. I love that for the world building and I love it for like, like calling out every single ghost movie ever. 
Right. (laughs) You know? (laughs) And like what that that need to hesitate as you walk into what is going to be the final set piece in your haunted house movie. Yeah, this is really good. And it comes back to those emotions and how like if you show fear, the ghosts can like sense that and feed off of it and stuff. Mm -hmm. So emotions are like core to everything about the ghosts. And it also, I think there's a lot of parallel construction that happens here. And it comes from the book too, of the first story that we got about Lucy, like her, where her team all dies. Mm -hmm. And this is like a repetition of, I can't remember in the episode, but they talk about it in the book where the team is like, okay, we're going through the threshold. Nobody hesitate. Don't show any fear. And then she like makes the the mistake. She doesn't do it when she's younger, but she does it here because she's like re-entering her trauma in a way. Yeah. And on like a world building note, like the sun is still up and she can already feel like she hears things. So, you know, yeah, that, that it's bad. It's going to be bad. Uh, so then Fairfax is there and he sort of greets them and he mentions that the <laughs> one of my favorite lines in the episode where the monks committed mass suicide and then he sort of sardonically goes, you had to make your own fun in those days. <laughs> yeah. Even Lockwood smiles. It's a good line. And then, and then they're in like this party room. That literally looks like it hasn't been cleaned up after a party. And I get that they're trying to imply that a bunch of people died mid-party. And then now their ghosts are there. But ghosts are not out during the day. And that food must smell fucking horrible. Yeah. yeah. Like, there must be rats. That, what? This was a incorrect choice. It's weird. I thought that too. I thought it the first time that I watched it. And it was like... And you can tell that it's been that way for a while because there's like lots of spider webs in the yeah flower stuff and uh yeah i mean it's creepy but it's like it's it's weird i can't think of anything other than the rats <laughs> like it would just be covered in them the old mansions don't have great like insulation you know Mm-mm. everything's stone it's gotta be a cold besides the ghost coldness it's just cold there yeah there's good, there's really good sound work here too. Like when yes. Lucy's on the threshold, like you said, she's already hearing this stuff. Um, and it comes back to that whole like internal hearing thing. That effect works really, really well. And then the we get the decoy contraband. The Mr. Lockwood has broken the agreement. Yes. And that was not in the book, right? Uh, that's in the book. Uh, it is that he sneaks one in? It's it's actually he... like even more convoluted than what happens in the in the yeah, show. I, re- I don't remember. I remember he had this weird thing where he had to go to the bathroom right now. Yes. Yeah. But I don't remember anything else from that bit. Yeah, that he put he did put bombs in the luggage. George and Lucy don't know about it. They are oh. like appalled. And then he like goes into the bathroom later. Uh, where he stashed the real stuff yes and and gets it out but then he like also had been he had been coming into the town uh and pretending to be like a local bumpkin and like doing it badly nobody bought it and like gathering intelligence and stuff but and then he like hid supplies around the mansion at that time too right yes i 
I enjoy. I I think the show made the right choice to cut out Lockwood's weird enjoyment of getting dressed up in costume and putting yeah. on a bad accent. Because in the books, he wants to do that at the drop of a hat. And he's just like, yes, costumes, accents. That's some Sherlock stuff. Yeah. It feels like. But Lucy is always pointing out how bad he is at it. He's not good at it, which is like a good joke. But yeah. it is like, it's weird. It's yeah, funny I in the book. Like... But I think cutting it out was the correct choice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We don't have time for it's. It's a little bit too silly for the show, I think. But we do get the the contraband moment and it, the way that ruby stokes plays the moment to me recalls them in the woods where she's like why didn't you tell us that you were gonna do that where she was like don't ever lie to me again right and he's like well how could i rob you of this moment and it's like lockwood being back in his oblivious like i already apologized for that and like no you didn't uh he's like <laughs> he didn't lie to her exactly, but like, just not front of mind for him the way that it is for her. Yeah. There is also a scene change here where we switch back to Portland Row because uh, Deepak was yeah. going to show up to assign them their new supervisor or whatever. And every single time I forget that it's going to happen and the banging on the door freaks me out. Because mm-hmm. the banging starts while we're still at Coom Carey Hall, and then we switch to Wade banging on the door at 35 Portland Row. And mm-hmm. I'm always just like, what is that? <laughs> it's, it's They're a good, supposed to blend together. Yeah, it's a good scene change. There, I feel like there's a scene missing in this episode that has to do with that. So like Sergeant Wade is showing up because they because of the Barnes phone call and they're supposed to have adult supervision. Mm-hmm. And Lucy tells this very not convincing lie about we're getting fumigated. I guess that's a thing, <laughs> right? I, I don't know. Um, and so she's showing up because of their requirement to have adult supervision. Mm-hmm. And then we just never follow up with that. And and at the end of the episode, Deeprac is there. And I feel like there should have been some scene of Wade in the kitchen looking at all the research and going like, this is where they those little shits, they took a job and this is where it is and we're going to catch them red-handed. And then they show up. Yeah, but I mean, I think we see enough to know that that's what happened. Yeah, it's just, I guess in the book, Lockwood orchestrates Deepak being there. Yeah. And like it's part of his plan and it's clearly not part of the plan in the show. Yeah, it is kind of a shame to take that intelligence away from Lockwood Mm -hmm. but they've also changed the ending which we can talk about when we get there yeah because like everything turned out really good for them in the book in the book yeah 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 yeah, yeah. and they wanted to keep the attention going for the second half of the series which makes sense yeah it's a good choice yeah I think they're both good choices just different yeah Uh, the difference between a one and done book and yeah you know we've got five more episodes um so then we get fairfax and ellie leaving or they've already left they're gone and we get that really great shot of the three uh the the trio walking up the stairs in the dark yeah with the gorgeous yeah it's wonderful i love it the lighting is fabulous all throughout and it mansion it really calls to mind a lot of the different book covers which i like oh true yeah 
Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. But yeah. yeah, I think the first book cover for this is the staircase in blue light with them walking up. That's yeah, true. like it's not an exact replica or anything. No, it's just very reminiscent of. Yeah. So I like it. And then we're in the red room and George says it's not very red. It's not very red. And even I just feel like George is a smart enough person to be like, huh, that probably means something bad's going to happen. <laughs> you know, like there's got to be a different reason then. Yep. I love that. So they the other uh, ghost house that they go to and burn down in the beginning, they didn't have all their iron and stuff. And yeah. this time they got all the like, sh- yeah. Yeah, it's fully prepared. And the, and all three of them work together to set it all up. Mm-hmm. I love the doorstop. That's such a good idea. Yeah. It's so uh-huh. simple. But it's like, oh, yeah, of course you would do that in this world. And and they mentioned later that it is like a block of iron holding the door open, which is smart. Probably made by Fairfax Iron, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the chain says Fairfax on it for... <laughs> Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And also, the the show does this thing with beeping thermometers, I assume, because they're always talking about the temperature, which is great, because it just means that the temperature is dropping, but the the beeping gives, like, it, it makes you stressed. Oh, yeah, it's, it's ominous. It's a really good effect. Ominous, that's a good word for it, yes. Yeah, because it could, like, tick to, it goes down, like, faster and faster. It's like, boop, 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 Yeah, and yeah. you know that they're getting closer or something is happening. Yeah. Good. Uh, yeah. And they talk about George talks about like how the plans don't line up. Yep. With the, with the architecture and everything. He's like, there's gotta be something else going on, some missing rooms or something. So then Lucy and Lockwood start searching for hidden doorways. And then we get the dripping. Which is, I feel like when that starts to happen and Lucy's like, stop tapping. And then Lockwood has his, I'm not tapping. That's like just classic horror movie yeah. stuff there. That's good. The sound effect is very gross. Yep. Which is great. All the effects are really good. And they make the really good choice of like, the only source of light is <clears throat> their flashlights. Yep. And so like, whatever you think about CG blood... And and all of that, I think it works really well because you can't always see what's going on. And as they like move the light around, it's always just closing in more and more. And the music and the sound effects and stuff, it's just like, ah, got to get out of here. Yeah. And the the panic was real. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Uh, and then eventually Lucy finds a door in the wall and they punch through. It's very... The whole thing is very gross. There's a, like a really good camera tilt before they go through the door. Yes. <clears throat> that looks like the whole room is like turning sideways to make the blood like go into the corner where they're falling through. Yeah, like it's spiraling in on them. That's good. Oh, and before that, I do like there's one bit where Lucy is kind of on the verge of panic, but Lockwood is being extremely calm and cool. And I, I do like that they gave him that moment. Yeah, he's like, uh, we have to stop respecting this thing so much or something like yeah, that. Yeah, but Eddie's also just like, you do this, I'll do this, we'll do mm-hmm. this, we're good. Yep. And it's just nice to see them being competent. Yeah, the Red Room is excellent. Like, I remember I read the book and uh, and got to this part and I was like, oh, how is this going to, how are they going to do this? 
and I don't think it could have been any better. It doesn't last really long, but it's like got a lot of punch. Yes. Oh, and also the door shuts behind them despite the iron block. Yeah, that's the big thing. Yeah. Is like, and immediately Lockwood is like, a, a person had to have done that. There's no way a ghost could do it. Not the strongest poltergeist couldn't move that thing. Uh, and then once they're through the secret door into like a hallway, they have this like pause where they have to discuss different ghost types. And, it's, <laughs> yeah. and it works. Like it makes sense that they would try to figure out what's going on. But it's also just some good world building there in, in the panic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's always good to do your world building not as like an explainer, but as like it's almost like a mini argument between people who really know what they're talking about and so we're able to like barely keep up with them and just like it's very elegant Mm -hmm. we find out there's different kinds of ghosts there's changers there's poltergeists is george like did we discover a whole new you know category two ghost and lockwood's like no way that was just a changer there was no poltergeist had to be a human and it just like it does a very good job of like all of this does make sense. It's not just arbitrary magic because if it's arbitrary, it really drains the drama out of the storytelling. Yeah. Like anything could happen means that like it doesn't matter. But the fact that there's rules means that there's like ways to win and lose. And that's what keeps the tension up. Yes, I agree. Also, I love. Well, no, never mind. I was just going to start talking about book three, which means nothing here. Um, <laughs> it's two books away, yeah, Caitlin. Yeah, Come yeah. on. So then they're uh, walking down the hallway. <laughs> Lucy's like, what if there's no way out? And George just says, well, then we're dead. Yeah. <laughs> I love George. <laughs> I know the answer to that question. So it continues with his autistic coding. Yeah, it's good. great. Uh, and then we briefly see Sam Pandy, the ghost, the the Fitz kid who did, never worked out. And I love this because both in the book and the show, this like image of him is completely world breaking. <laughs> because yeah. he's not trying to get them. He's not trying to do anything. He doesn't seem to want anything. He's just there. And he kind of shows them where to go. And I'm like, but that's not... Every- <laughs> It, Every it other does. I don't know if it's world breaking. It does like imply something broader about ghosts that there could be like benevolent ghosts. If there's like the strong emotion of like, I'm a ghost hunter too. And like, I'm trying to help you. Uh, it's really interesting. Like that moment in the book, I was like very intrigued by that. I was like, whoa, this, this like really ex- expands the world. I guess it could be world breaking if you. Again, are not like me and no, no, like just generously say I suppose, he did this on purpose. I suppose you're kind of right. It's not world breaking. It's more why wouldn't they have talked about it at some point? Like maybe not here because they're in a situation, but it never yeah. comes up again. Uh, other things and like other ghost motivation things. And I guess you could say we meet one friendly ghost, sort of. Uh, but like, I don't know this. It's. I wish it had come up again, I suppose. Yeah, they they definitely don't ever talk about it again. That's true. And I think that to go back in the parallel structure thing, this reminds me in the first episode when they go inside of the haunted house where Lucy's team is all killed. The mill. There's a child who looks very similar, like a shadow kind of child. And then they run off into yeah. the distance and the team follows 
So I think this is recalling that moment in a really intentional way as that, we're like moving through Lucy's yes. trauma. And then we get to my least favorite adaptation choice in the entire series. Oh. They find the staircase that is yep. the screaming staircase and it does nothing. It does not scream. There is no... <laughs> there's, yeah. There's nothing. It's called the screaming staircase and we get nothing from it. Yeah, they're just like, we get, just go, 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 go. Like in the book, there was a whole moment on this staircase where like Lucy was having a bad time. Yeah, it's very scary, actually. And the staircase is just nothing. I like, yeah, I think it's worse than when they're in the well room or whatever it is in the book when they're on the stairs. It's like the worst part. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, it it's called the screaming staircase. They could have they could have had it screaming like as they were running down. Yeah, there's no screaming at all. There's nothing. Yeah, there's <laughs> I remember the first time that I watched it and they they show the initial shot. And the first thing that I thought was like, there's no banisters on that staircase. That's very unsafe for those monks. <laughs> no wonder they're screaming. They're like, but then later there is a banister that like sweeps around. So I was like, that's weird. But yeah, they they don't stay on that thing for very long at all. The main event is like down in the bottom. But George, I think, does say something about Fairfax having been in show business, which is important. Yeah, like Lockwood has his detective, all the pieces fit moment. Yeah. Uh, and Lucy is like, guys, this is this is the thing we got to run. But then nothing happened. Whatever. Anyways, <laughs> uh, so then they get to the bottom and this fit. Is truly creepy, honestly. I think this is the first moment in the show where I was like, ooh. Which, oh, yeah. Th I think this is good. The yeah. When they look back up at the staircase and they can just see the shadows of the ghosts until they reach the bottom. That's good. Yeah. And it's right out of the book, too. Yeah. Yeah, where the, he talks about the shadows of the monks and they're moving along the walls and stuff like that. It's very ominous. There's like a really good or whatever creepy chanting going on mm -hmm. i feel like there to be a satanic monk at this priory there had to be like tryouts to be like are you a tenor or a bass like if you're a tenor <laughs> get out we'd only want we only want bases we only want bases or at to least chant. you have to stay silent <laughs> you're like you could wash our robes i guess but yeah. don't ever talk during the satanic worship you can just sort of mouth the latin <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so there. If you turn on the subtitles, this is all in Latin, uh, and it translates basically to "Hail Satan," um, which I appreciate. Uh, so original. These, yeah, these punk rock monks. I guess I don't know. They're very into Satan. I don't know of any. Like it's fine, but it, there's like <laughs> Satan worshiping monks like ever in the history of, of Christendom. There's like nobody who did this kind of thing, but it's fine. Like, uh, it's very, it's very, very creepy and it's really well done. I don't understand what happened. Like, did they commit suicide? Was it a ritual? Like we're throwing you, you, you guys who are the tenors, we're throwing you down the well and everybody else doesn't have to get thrown down. It's gotta be like the Satan version of like the born agains, you know, like they'd rather be dead to be with Satan. Yeah. This is a really like extreme baptism, right? Yeah. 
You got to yeah. jump down the well, or you're not coming back from that. Or, or some, I don't think they died by jumping down the well. Somebody, well, in the book, they do mention that somebody put their bodies down the well. I think. Yeah, that's where the sources are anyway. Yes, because um, they're tied to the bones. So yeah, anyway, the ghosts come down. Lucy gets some ghost lock and almost jumps down the well herself. I like this. This is this is pretty cool mm-hmm. because we get a little bit more world building around ghost lock and what it might be. Yep. So it's like she's um, in their head, connected to them the way that, and they reinforce this with the chanting that I said before because before she gets ghost locked, the chanting is like raw, 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 raw. Like it's hard to understand. Right. And then it becomes extremely crisp once she's ghost locked, and mm-hmm. you can really hear the Latin syllables and everything. Or maybe that's just like what Lucy was always hearing, though, because she can oh. hear the things clearer. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah, from the threshold, even. Yeah. Uh, but that's probably why she was the one who got ghost locked because she yeah, can. Yeah, and she can hear them. Yeah, hear them better. It goes back to again to when her team died. Like the if you remember the way that the ghosts looked as they were closing the doors on everybody, they had this very like black smoky. Yep like ripply effect the way that the monks do as they're closing in on George and uh, Lockwood and her team is like going out in front of her again, certain death. And she like is losing hope, which is what the ghost locking is in the book. Yep. And she gives in to, or she's like captured by their vision where they, I guess they com- this answers the question. They like, committed suicide because that's what she goes to do she goes to jump in the well that's true yeah but lockwood grabs her yeah he saves her from killing herself again and then they the three of them kind of sit by the well and they found the source so they throw the bomb flare that they snuck in down the well good thing they snuck in that one bomb flare industrial strength satchels yeah and there's a big explosion and then everything is dramatic. <laughs> I like Lockwood's make a wish and he oh. throws it over his shoulder in a devil may care. Yes. I would have missed the well. Like if I did that, <laughs> it would it would have overshot it for sure. I do. I do love something. I'm going to go back to a bunch of different things because we see Lockwood uh, like last episode when Lucy and Lockwood get home and to the home invasion. And he like pulls, I don't know, a flashlight or something out and he kind of flips it in his hand just to, I don't know, mm, to look cool. Mm-hmm. And he, at the beginning of this episode, he does the same thing with the flare, the industrial grade bomb flare. The bomb. Yeah. <laughs> that bothers like, me. dude. I was like, what are you doing? Don't do that to bombs. And like, I know you like to look flippy and cool, but chill, chill a little. <laughs> it's a bomb. Uh, so then they're all kind of lying around in the dusty aftermath <laughs> and Lucy crawls over to George and slaps him she really gets him I know I and then asked him if he's okay and he's like my cheek hurts yeah <laughs> uh that was good and I think that one's almost directly from the book too and then of course she crawls over to Lockwood and just just takes his hand yeah they just yeah. hold hands he's like George is like where's his slap yeah I am said that they cut out her line where she's like, I'll slap him next time. Oh, yeah, that's right. She does <laughs> say that in the book. She would, too. I mean, technically in the book, she does, but not for a while. Mm-hmm. 
so then I don't know why, but Lockwood is talking as though he's on his last breath here. Uh huh. But it makes for a good reveal scene when he pulls out the photo and is like, it's Fairfax. He's the murderer. Yeah, this is uh, this is a really nice detective moment. I've solved the crime and like I had my realization on the staircase whole thing. Mm -hmm. But I couldn't tell you until you were holding my hand. Right. I couldn't. (laughs) Sorry, guys. I I needed this moment to be this dramatic. Uh, This moment does also. I'm so sorry to interrupt, but this moment does include my favorite adaptation choice from the book. Because in the book, Lockwood has a moment here where he briefly thinks Lucy looks like someone else. And it is revealed later, and this is going to be a bit of a spoiler because it's not in the show yet, that sometimes out of the corner of his eye, Lucy looks like his dead sister. And no, that is truly unhinged of Jonathan Stroud to do, to make a love interest look like a sibling. Don't ever do that. (laughs) Uh -uh. (laughs) Uh-uh. That's childhood is confusing. It's so unhinged uh, no. and yeah. nope. So I'm I'm glad that they cut that out. Apologies for the yeah, spoilers. Trauma, trauma makes you feel weird things. Maybe, but no. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that. That's a choice you made, Stroud. Yeah. It like yeah. nothing would have changed if you hadn't done that. <laughs> yeah, I I picked up on that moment where he was like, wait, who? And uh and I was like, oh, that's clearly like some foreshadowing. Yeah, but it's unhinged. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like that this moment brings us to the realization that is like way more obvious in the book than it is in the show, that the entire house is really like just a murder weapon yep. to cover up uh, Fairfax's crime. So he knows that he it will kill the kids, and then the only people who have reason to suspect him uh, won't solve the case. And we know that this would work because, going back to the first episode with all this parallel construction, yep. that's what happened to Lucy's team, and that's what happens to kids all the time, and no one cares. So it's, like, really perfect and very neat. Like, it's a very good plan on Fairfax's part. This isn't, like unhinged supervillain behavior this is like really smart yeah i like it one thing that i miss from the book although it's not important at all it doesn't matter i just really liked how in the book they realized that fairfax used the house as a place to test out his inventions and stuff that he would sell i just thought that was a really interesting detail and made sense as to why somebody would keep a extremely haunted, haunted house. house yeah yeah and not just yeah. knock it down and salt the earth it's so fucked up yeah like it's it's really weird and you get the feeling that like people would just die there and it's like oh well yeah uh, while we're like testing out our new line of grave fences or something like that and be like oh need to make them a little bit stronger a little bit taller or whatever yeah uh, I, it's it doesn't crazy. like i totally don't miss it from the show or anything so that's not like a criticism. I just really liked that detail in the book. It was interesting. I think it's still kind of there with the way that that they sort of cart crack- stuff out at the end. Yeah, yeah, they were covering things up and they're like getting all of that equipment out of there. Like they know what that place is really for. Yeah. So it it's still kind of there, but they, it's not explicit the way that it is in the book. True. 
Uh, so then they make their way upstairs through a different route so that they don't have to go back through the red room. And Fairfax yeah. and Ellie is there. And Fairfax has the goggles. I was so excited to see them. Yes, he's got his his special goggles. I like this world building thing, too, that it's not just we're not just 100 percent relying on kids. There's like a whole other world of things going on that regular people just don't know about. I feel in the book, it's it's not told here what the goggles do, right? I mean, I guess you could probably make an educated guess. Why else would you be wearing goggles unless you uh -huh. could s see ghosts with them? It gets pretty explicit once Annabelle shows up. In the book, though? I, in the show, yes. Oh, no, not in the book. No, no, it doesn't make any sense at all what, okay, great, what's going great, great. on. Yeah. In the show, they make it pretty clear what they're for. Yeah. I mean, you, you look through them at one point. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, I didn't remember the book because I'm just so used to knowing what the goal is, too. Nope. I'm a obsessive dork, so I, like, deliberately reread the book to compare this part it's like a big it was like a big swallow too not to complain about it but like they literally took half the book and like crammed it into this one episode i was like oh my god this is going on forever yeah i think that works because we're doing two books in the season like if this was all just the screaming staircase it would be weird to only have like half an episode at the mansion yeah, and it's also like what you said. There's a bunch of other jobs that happen and just a lot of stuff that just doesn't happen in the show at all. It gives me hope for season two because book three is my least favorite and I'd really like them to give that the three episode treatment and then give us five episodes on book four, which is my favorite of the series. Yeah. And give five like its own season. Yeah, that's that would make the most sense to me because Joe Cornish has said in an interview that he... They want to do three seasons, like two more seasons. Um, and book five is the most, like has the most potential to expand on things, I think. Because there's a lot going on in the background that they could make more of a problem for our main mm -hmm. characters instead of just jumping straight into the climactic moments. Anyways, yeah, bring on season two. I'm all yeah, for it. Please. So John wants the locket, obviously. Or the ring, whatever. Yeah, the source. He wants the evidence, really. He doesn't know that it's a source. He's worried about there being a little bit of evidence out there that ties yes. him to Annabelle. I did write down, like, why in the world would he think they had it on them? But then, of course, yeah. everyone thinks her bones was the source. Were the source, whatever. Uh, not the ring. So, And if they didn't find it in their house, then they must be keeping it on them. Yeah, he just wants to know where it's at. He was clearly behind the break-in. Um, That's why Ellie has everything. a wound. He killed Annabelle. Yeah. yeah. I, and then, obviously, Lockwood has that great line of, we don't travel around with it, and then cut to the that look would on be Lucy's crazy. face. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who would do that? Not anybody I trust with my life. Yeah. Um, and then... Lockwood and Fairfax keep talking and Lockwood says, you better shoot me then. And Fairfax says, you have a death wish. A sort of foreshadowing stuff that's coming up. Lockwood even says, yeah, yeah maybe. It's also like, I, I really like that where they're matching wills against each other. And I feel yeah. like Lockwood is misjudging him. I feel like this is a teenager bad judgment moment because he literally killed... 
his lover and bricked her in a wall like you this dude doesn't have boundaries oh yeah 100 percent. we see again later on when he comes up against people like adults who are actually murderous and dangerous he does underestimate them yeah he's he has poor judgment around these situations and it might be because there's like an underlying psychological death wish yeah like he's self-sabotaging in a way that he's not aware of i also think he's Um, the epitome of something that i have most certainly felt in my life that thing where you both at the same time think you're the best person ever and like should not exist mm mm-hmm yep (laughs) and it's a weird dual sensation dysfunction junction yeah yeah um but then not not healthy (laughs) well it is what it is i guess Lucy lets Annabelle get her revenge. <laughs> I wrote down that I too support women's wrongs. <laughs> this moment is super strong in the book. Uh, I think they did a really good job with giving Annabelle the space and like making it feel like she had agency. She's not just a monster. Yeah. Yeah. Cause she's she kind of like looks at Lucy and then changes yeah. and then directs her gaze at Fairfax. It's good almost like a thank you. And then when she comes back from killing him, she doesn't like start attacking everybody else. There's a, a moment of like satisfaction yeah. or something like that. Uh, that's really good. I really, really like how they handled everything around this. It's excellent. We see through the goggles, like you said, too. Yes, it's but cool. just before the goggles, he's already acting like he can see her. And that is factually incorrect. Yeah, it doesn't. It's a little bit world breaking. But it's also like maybe he's just freaking out and like looking up there being like, what do you mean? What? What? I don't know. It. Yeah, it doesn't quite work. He says her name, though, before he puts on the goggles. He's like, oh, Annabelle. Yeah. I I don't know. It is. It's not important. It doesn't matter. And then, yeah, they spoil what the goggles do. Though in the books, I I don't think we actually find out until book four. Mm. I mean, what else could they do? Yeah, no, exactly. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I, I wasn't. I wasn't like bamboozled by that in the book. I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure I know what those do. As I said, what else would goggles do in a haunted mansion? Yeah. Yeah. This moment I felt like really underlined something for me. I was listening to uh, a different podcast with this really interesting sociologist named Brooke Harrington. uh, And she like went into the world of high finance as a sociologist to like the kind of people who like are money managers for like Elon Musk and people of like that level mm-hmm. of wealth to be like, what is your job like? Cause she like tried to interview these people and they wouldn't talk to her to, you know, they would be like, just you know, like, I can't talk about my work. I work for the most powerful people on earth. Um, so she like became one of them, like went to school the same schools they do and all of that stuff and like went to their conferences and like became a colleague of theirs to like learn and interview them and stuff. And like one of the really interesting things that she talked about was how every single like super wealthy person, whenever the money manager would be like, okay, we got to work on your will. How are your inheritance going to work? like what's going to happen when succession in your business and things like that. Mm -hmm. And every single one of them was like, we're not talking about that. Like, it's not going to happen. I'm not going to die basically. Hmm. (laughs) Like the incompatibility of capitalism and death, like capitalism doesn't make sense. 
on the capitalist side of things uh in a world where you're gonna die like it just doesn't make any sense to behave in a super capitalist way and i feel like this climax really underlined that where he's like i'm not gonna throw away my whole life for one mistake in a moment where i murdered a girl and bricked her up in a wall <laughs> like that would then then two people would have died in that moment and that would be more tragic if that <laughs> if that happened <laughs> think of the losses of income that would happen if i had thrown my life away for the sake of justice or whatever it just like the mentality that has to exist for this whole world to exist where you sacrifice children to make money it's fucking wild it is very strange i just love the the juxtaposition in this world of death and capitalism how how close those two things are and and yeah. how it like reveals what's real and what's just and what's unjust and what's not real and it's just really good. And you haven't this, even read the last book. Right. Yeah. I've only read the first two books, so I don't even know the major it's, arc. It's right along this theme. Mm -hmm. So wonderful. George has his great line to just put a put a hat on things here. I'm working with maniacs. Yeah. He can't believe it. Why would you bring <laughs> Annabelle's yeah. tried to kill us and you brought her here into this nightmare place. Yep. The Love satanic it. priory. I guess when she doing? first when she first pulls it out, he does also like he's very concerned with the rules, <laughs> and he says, "Look, but she <laughs> stole it again." <laughs> it's so good. Um, and then Deeprek is here to save the day. Yeah, why are they here? This this bothers me every time I watch the episode. Again, I think we can just assume that the moment that you described it happened. Yeah, they they figured out. Where we, they were going. We do see them busting into the house. Or, well, I guess we don't see them busting, but Lockwood telling them to bust it. Not Lockwood. Jeez, Wade. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's why that scene is there. I just wish there yeah. was one more scene of... Of them finding them, the like, information, yeah. Yeah, finding documents or anything at all to lead them here. Yeah, the to rewind one second, I, I did want to just, like, say oh, yeah. kudos to the special effects of the ghost going into his body and like yeah that was cool i don't know what's going on in there but it looks bad uh well it looks really cool is what i mean it looks awesome yeah uh, i like that all she would have had to do was like give him a little boop on the nose to kill him. him yeah you know yeah. <laughs> but instead she was like i'm going all in yeah i'm really gonna fuck you up yeah it looked uh very painful and then barnes <sighs> yep you can't even follow instructions for one night I just, he's like, how dare you try to pay that fine that we gave you? I know. What would drive you to be here? How, how th could you that's think That's illegal that you try to pay the fine. <laughs> oh my God. How? Okay. Whatever. And then Kips is there, for, I guess, just, just to really drive it home. It's the icing on the cake. Yeah. I love Kips. that he gets to be there and put them in the car. That's such a good moment for him. <laughs> such a good moment for him uh, <laughs> you know he, this is like the best thing that's gonna happen to him all day he is like yeah. yes i locked up tony there is a good little moment where they explain everything to barnes and he's like wait a minute if that's true and then it like immediately gets interrupted by, by a Kips. much higher ranking official showing up yes 
I, I do like that moment because it shows that Barnes has a little bit of a brain or a soul or something. Yeah, he's he cares about justice. He just doesn't take them seriously enough to think that they could ever do anything right. Yeah. And then when they're in the van, they see uh, Deep Rat carting out a bunch of crates that have a harp on them. Yeah, it's probably just crates of Guinness or something in there. <laughs> the guy was a big drinker. <laughs> a big Guinness drinker in particular. Yeah. I'm sure that's what it is. You know, I enjoy the taste of Guinness. I do. But it's so thick and filling. I, I cannot drink a pint of it. <laughs> you don't like to drink loaves of bread? No, in a pint? I, I can drink like five <laughs> sips and then it's like I've eaten a meal. But I have seen <laughs> always male friends of mine get like plastered on Guinness. And I'm like, how? How are you drinking so much? It's I I cannot finish a pint. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, my go to beer. And I, I will sit down and drink like a six pack of it. Of Guinness? Uh, yeah. yeah. Not a, I can not drink six, it by the pint. Oh, my God. Yep. I once ordered one with a meal, and I was like, this was a mistake. This is two meals. This is two meals. Yeah. <laughs> I don't disagree with you. It's true. I just am able to do it. I don't know why. I don't like other beers. I like uh, really dark beers, but there is a, the downside that you don't need to eat for a day after you do that. <laughs> Except that, you know, you wake up hungover and the only thing you want is food. Yeah, you feel terrible. <laughs> I like this aside that we've had about our drinking habits. <laughs> then they get an NDA. Our Barnes comes back in with, back into the van and says, if you don't want to be arrested, sign this N NDA. And this is the change from the book that I really like. that Because in the book, they, you know, they got their money. They solved the case. They were known. There was articles written about it. It was a good ending for them. And it was a good ending of a first book in a series. But uh, they change it here in the show to make it more mysterious and to play yeah, more into the... Yeah, this is my the, favorite yeah, this is good. adaptation change in the series. This would be my favorite if the previous one that I mentioned wasn't there. <laughs> yeah, this is really, really good. There is a cover-up in the book of of like Fairfax's guilt. Yes. But it not to the like they come out of it be, becoming famous and like it redeems their name yeah. from their bad reputation and all this stuff. And none of that happens here, which is no. cool. It's it like keeps the pressure on them in a big way. Keeps the pressure on and also gives them somewhere to go for the ending of the season. Mhm. Mm yep. Oh, makes sense and also uh it's a great inter well i guess well like a great way to start the overarching mystery of the series the like what the fuck is going on yeah and the i love also how this is like a specifically torturous thing for lockwood mm -hmm. where we, you can just never talk about being super successful and like being solving the cool mystery and yeah it's like a specific torture for him. And also like other teams have gone into this severely haunted house and not been able to do it, but they were able to do it. Yep. Yeah. Especially since Kips knows. I think I love how this goes for Kips too. like to minorly spoil the way that this works. Like he just treats the NDA as like, like this event never happened. Like yep. they never saw each other at this. Yep. And that makes Lockwood crazy. It's really, really good. 
It's wonderful. <laughs> uh, I love I love everything that they've done with Kips and Kips's team. Yeah, yeah, I love I love that he gets to be here. It's so good. Uh, and then I think we're at Sam Pandy's funeral. I thought this was Fairfax's funeral at first, oh. the first time that I watched it, and I was like, "Huh, not many people showed up for that national hero." And then it was like, "Oh, okay, that's it's, what's going on." It's the dead kid. Yeah, it's a kid. Yeah, Nobody cares. There's there's a million of those funerals every day. Right. Yeah. Just in case, <laughs> if you were a person like me and didn't understand what was happening, they do have like in huge letters, Sam. <laughs> made out of flowers and then i was like oh that's not fairfax i guess fitz paid for that because mm -hmm. penelope fitz is here yes and this is the first time we've seen her correct yeah i think so yeah or i guess we saw like a picture of her earlier when lucy like tried to apply it fits but that's all right so yeah so she comes over and says hello and knows who lockwood and co and everyone is and they have a nice little moment. This is great. This actress is so good. She's and great. And like on rewatches, what's happening here with her is really, really good too. Like mm -hmm. her warmth, how good she is with people. Like her, I guess like her PR face. I don't I'm not sure what I'm trying to say. Like she's just very, seems very genuine. And I don't feel like she is being very genuine. I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, I love George here. Oh, yes, he's great. Completely autistic he is during the whole thing. The the fool that fired him. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> she fitted in really well in your organization. She's just like everybody else there. You should have kept her. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then Lockwood subtly like bumping him. It's good. Um so I wanted to mention that uh Penelope is wearing like a very distinctive necklace here. And it's I think it's ugly. Um, but that's fine. But she's wearing it again when we see her later. Oh, okay. I don't think I noticed this. I was specifically looking for a different uh, item of jewelry, jewelry mm -hmm. item, whatever, which she is not wearing when we see her later. She's not wearing a bracelet later. So do you think maybe, the bracelet became a necklace? That's what, why else would yeah. they have her in the same necklace in both scenes uh -huh. is what I'm thinking. But I also... This, the, the necklace is so large. It is pretty, yeah, that pretty big. It seems like a weird choice that they've made, if that is indeed the choice that they've made. But then, like, <laughs> why wouldn't she be wearing it? Like, she, she would be wearing it. So, I don't she know. She, like, mentioned in an episode of season two, like, do you like my necklace that I made out of the bracelet I used to have? Uh, <laughs> in a very or poorly Or a bracelet that written... she made out of the necklace, yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it's it's interesting that they've called such attention to the necklace at any rate. Uh, and then we go home. Yes. And George is examining the goggles, trying to figure them out. Yep. Yeah, I love that he stole them. Uh, yeah. When he calls them maniacs. <laughs> yeah. He's and then doing he's, the same thing. I mean, they're not a source, but yeah, that's that's a very book George thing to do. Uh -huh. sure. This is well, contraband. obviously, book did George did do it, but you know what I'm saying. I think I don't think that he does actually. He steals like the lenses out of them, but leaves the goggles. Um, but if he, I remember right, I don't remember, but they definitely see the harp on the side of them. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they talk about that. And uh, I think it's part of his notes and stuff, but he doesn't, he leaves the device itself so that he's able to like take this part of it. He's like, the most important part of this is the lenses. So I'll just study those. But anyway. They definitely yeah, give somebody the goggles later, but I guess he could have put them into different Maybe goggles. I'm totally wrong about this. I don't know. I genuinely don't remember either. Either way, they've got the goggles. Yep. And he is, so he's caught up in the mystery of this, which is good George material. And uh, Lucy has an awesome sweater on that I love. I love um, all of her cozy sweaters. It's great. It's very good. And Lockwood gives her her certificate. Yeah, I love that. And I like this because he, he also mentions that, you know, based on his look that they gave them in the van, Barnes doesn't even know the rules, which I think is the beginning of the softening of Barnes. Mm, yeah, because yeah, he wasn't happy about them signing the NDA. He was like, you need to do this Yeah, or you're going to get eaten alive. And this also, going back to the whole parallel construction thing, is like, you know, she got ghost locked the way that Nori did, and she gets pulled out of that, and the whole thing is successful, her team lives, and then she is recognized by her, like, the person who runs the agency, but mm -hmm. she, like, feels like a part of it in a way that, like, she wasn't betrayed she was betrayed before, but now she's like acknowledged and a part yes. of the team. And like, yes. it's all inverted. Like it's all her trauma is like undone in a certain sense by all of this. Though I'm, I'm sure she still has trauma. Yeah. It's just like, I think it's all very intentionally constructed yeah, that way. It is very That's good. why it feels like a good ending. Yes. And I, I love that we have that moment here where uh, after Lucy goes downstairs to put the goggles and the certificate away lock uh, not lock george says we have to look after her it's just mm. so cute and i love them being concerned about lucy and all I, I love their little family yeah he's like she's just starting to get me um, yeah <clears throat> that's, that's good cute. too <laughs> that's very and, cute and then we have skull's big moment yeah we pop the lid on the ghost lamp Oh, no, wait. These aren't ghost lamps. They're ghost jars. Yep. Um, yep. And uh, we hear a spooky voice. Spooky voice and Lucy collapses. Yeah. That's a, another super strong ending to make you want to go into the next episode. It's also how the book ends. I don't think Lucy collapses like, or anything. Just no, the skull talks. No, it's like, what is happening? Yeah. I love skull. He does that in all of his books where it's like, it's a very like good way to like lead into the next adventure i feel like yes yes even the last book you're kind of like wait i'd like the next page <laughs> but there is yeah, no more that's good i yeah. like that yeah. it's well done and that is the conclusion of the screaming staircase arc <laughs> we were talking about anime before mm -hmm. we started recording and now i think of it oh yeah in yeah, anime yeah, yeah arc terms that's probably where I why I say that. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't even think of it though. It's just so ingrained in my brain. <laughs> oh gosh! So most punk rock. What was yours? Hmm. I don't know. It's uh, maybe sneaking in the industrial bomb into that one's the good. yeah to be like 
I'm we're playing by the you know he expected the dance to go this way and so I just played by his rules to play by my rules. You know? I agree. That's good. Uh, I wrote down getting arrested. <laughs> getting arrested. Yeah, that's really good because obviously, totally. to be punk rock, you have to get arrested at least once. Totally, I like it. So one thing I wanted to mention, I actually meant to mention this up at the top, but when you don't write something into your notes, it doesn't happen. <laughs> Is that I feel like on in the fandom Twitter space this last week, everyone has felt very positive. Everyone has been very like the show's definitely been picked up. We just don't know yet. Mm. And I'm a very cynical person. And this makes me scared because I don't want to have hope. Don't have hope. Hope is scary. (laughs) Yep. I don't mean to laugh at your like don't have hope, but like I I I am in the same emotional space as you. I'm like, yes. Oh yeah, I don't do hope. That's not something I do. But like, there've been cryptic tweets from Complete Fiction, and they they even liked a tweet where somebody mentioned coded messages from them, and all these things. And I'm like, mm, people is are convinced. People yeah. are convincing me, and I don't like it. <laughs> Yeah, it's like if you look on all of the actors' upcoming projects, there are no upcoming projects, which is a little bit weird for uh, at least, all, you know, Ali and uh, and Ruby, who always have something cooking. Yeah, I don't, I like, I want it, but I don't want to want it. <laughs> I don't want to be let down. Yeah, yeah, well, yes, that's the thing. I did want to say that I kind of hope Prime picks it up. If somebody is going to pick it up because Prime has picked up Jonathan Stroud's other series and they're doing either a movie or a show on um, his newest book, which is The Outlaws Brown and something or other. But, Mm -hmm. uh, oh, I don't have her name written down, but Phoebe Dinever, I think it's her last name, is attached to that, which is hilarious because she's also an actress from Bridgerton. Oh, okay. And I just, that's a weird, a weird connection. Should look at the, into the guts of like casting agents and, and things like that. Maybe there's some kind of crossover we don't know about. I would love, like if this happens and Prime picked it up, they could absolutely have like the trio run by in the background. That's why I want it to be Prime. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. Have it be a, a, yeah, a cinematic universe, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the Stroudiverse. I, I already pay for Prime, so that would just be convenient for me. Yeah, that would be nice. That's the, the same thought I had. Yeah, Prime is, uh, and they they do a bit of fantasy. They Wheel of Time, Lord of the Rings. Uh, I also think of things like um, stuff. Well, like that show with Orlando Bloom. Oh yeah, Carnival Row. That yeah. one. Uh, I think of that because I think it had three seasons, and I don't know a single person who watched it. And i've never watched it either right and that's, that's like up my alley yeah me too yeah 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 but like that's that's the energy we need right yeah exactly yeah <laughs> we need just give them money and forget about them just let it happen yeah. yeah for sure yeah i watched that whole citadel show they just put up and they were like this totally tanked and we're gonna let it run yeah so maybe some of that amazon money would be good exactly all right now that we have indulged in hope we will once again have zero <laughs> And obviously the show is canceled and we're never getting any more. Uh, no. 
Everything's terrible. Okay. Um, if you want more doom and gloom, you can follow me on Twitter at Inferior Caitlin. Oh, and you can follow the show on Twitter, but that's a little less doom and gloom at Lockwood Podcast. Yeah, it's been fun on there. Yeah. Uh, making fun of Deeprac this past week. I enjoy that. If you uh, want to reach out, please send your emails to contact at hollowedgroundmedia.com. You can visit our contact page uh, at slash contact. And remember, you had to make your own fun in those days. <laughs> <laughs>